Hello, everybody. Welcome into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some tips and insights into the improvement of your career, no matter where on the ladder you fall. Now, we're talking about your job description for this episode and how you can transcend that and become a more valuable asset. An individual who has insight into this area is Jesse Sostrin, author of Beyond the Job Description and a nationally recognized workplace expert who does write, speak, and consult about the often elusive challenges of getting great work done. Jesse, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, it's my pleasure, Tim. Thanks for having me. Now, I think the first question a lot of people will probably ask is, well, what do you mean about transcending your job description? So how do you define that for the people listening? Well, I think um, if you've been in the workplace at least five minutes or more, <laughs> you've probably realized that uh, there's a double reality happening where the job description that we signed up for and what's written down on paper and those nice clean bullet points doesn't always tell the full story about what's required for success. And when you think about kind of the hyper-competitive environment that we're all in now, mm -hmm. each of us is constantly thinking about how to stay relevant on the job. And so not only do we have this double reality of work where it's not always clear what our clear role is, what's most important, uh, but we're always trying to stay ahead of the change curve. And I think when I say transcend your job description, I'm talking about doing those things that allow you to go beyond what's on paper and to be a vital contributor. Well, you mentioned the idea of it being, of course, hyper-competitive out there and how what you signed up for, so to speak, doesn't necessarily match. What about the idea of transcending that job description do you find most important or why it is extremely valuable for people to understand it and also utilize some of the thoughts that we'll talk about? Uh, that, that's a really good question. And I think uh, the kernel of it for me is really around um, the ownership that an in individual takes. You know, I think we all know this intellectually, but it's, it's harder to, to really operationalize in our own careers. Mm -hmm. And that is that we're on our own. We're, we're kind of our own HR department. Even if you're fortunate enough to work for a company that still does invest a lot in training and development and career pathing for employees, you still are navigating your own course there. And it's likely that you're going to have six to seven different careers and 12 to 15 different jobs over the course of a working life. So I think the big thing at the center of this is a paradigm shift to say, okay, where am I heading and how am I setting the course for the working life I want? And if I'm going to stay ahead of the change curve and stay relevant so that, you know, when somebody smarter and younger and hungrier is right behind me, that I'm going to have options, and that's mm -hmm. that's what going beyond the job description is about. I think that's a great way to describe it, I think, to give the listeners an idea of what exactly you're talking about and how it does fit in, as you mentioned, uh, how many different jobs and careers and who knows how many industries you might work in. Can you give listeners a quick definition of the three elements to one's purpose? This is something that I saw you write about, and uh, I'm sure this is something that you discuss a lot. So the, the three elements to one's purpose. Well, when you think about purpose, it, it's kind of that compass, and I think – it's a good way to start when you're kind of figuring out where you're going. It, even if you're uh, new in the in the world of work or whether you're on your third act kind of trying to reinvent yourself because you're in that unenviable position that many boomers are where you just, you know, you didn't save enough and the mm -hmm. economy tanked and, and you're still working, but you're not exactly sure where you fit in. So wherever you are on the organization chart, it's important to understand what it is that you deliver. And sure. I think understanding the job within the job is around looking at that real sense of purpose, the value-added contributions that you can make, uh, and then understanding how to navigate the hidden challenges. Those are the three components of the job within the job. And that first one around purpose, I, I think, is, is really critical. And people have to answer that question for themselves. And it really is, what do I bring to the table? And what's the reason that I exist on this organization chart? 
and how do I actually deliver that in a consistent way? So is that, I mean, if you don't have that portion of it, does it make everything else nearly impossible, or are there other steps you can take in that realm? Well, it, it doesn't make it impossible, but, I mean, if, if you think about it like this, we're, we're kind of all fumbling around through trial and error at a given point in our career. Sure. Right? When we're young, we're, we're learning the hard way. We've got the scars to prove it. I think the people that understand how to articulate that, that purpose they bring have a better chance at getting access to great assignments and promotional opportunities because, in a way, they're kind of uh, they're bringing their top contributions front and center, and they're advocating more for themselves. They're not doing it in a look-at-me, look-at-me sort of a way. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, for example, maybe, maybe one of the things that you feel like you really do is, is that you're a catalyst uh, to make good things happen. And so if, if you're sort of that spark of energy or motivation or you're willing to actually do the hard work outside of your job description to explore opportunities and anticipate what you know potentially could meet a challenge, then you've got to understand how to be that person in your team, but also how to make sure your boss knows that you're doing that as well. And I think understanding that you are a catalyst and that's a vital role you play is the first step. And the second step is just kind of being that person at work and making sure that it counts. Well, a nice segue into what we we're going to talk about a little bit. And again, some of this is, I want to say in theory, but you came up with some examples to give people an idea of what their purpose could be. And you mentioned one right there as far as the catalyst and really being that spark. When someone's looking to figure out what they are or what their purpose is, are there any basic general tips to doing so? I mean, do you check in with other people? Do you make notes? Uh, before we get into a couple of these other areas that you mentioned, what what could you give them as some small advice? Well, you know, it's, you don't need fancy words and, and you don't need a, a real process-heavy system. What, what you kind of need to do is figure out what's needed. And I think that's one of the most important things. When, when we make that paradigm shift from my employer tells me who I am at work and what I do because I have this job description and I <laughs> kind of follow within the lines, and you shift to, okay, wait a minute, I'm I'm a member of this team, but I'm kind of a free agent at the same time. And while my job description says this, I need to look beyond it in order to figure out how to anticipate challenges, how to have that mental flexibility to deal with change, which we're all in that same boat. So when you start doing that, you start to understand the character of, of who you are as a career professional. And, and that's the starting place, I would say. So what are some words that describe that char- character? Uh, you know, Think about a meeting. Maybe you have a weekly staff meeting, and if you're like most of us, um, you know, the results from those are probably inconsistent, but mm-hmm. you're going to spend anywhere from 40 to 60% of your time in meetings. And, you know, I think most of us, our rear ends hurt when we just think about that and do the math <laughs> at how many hours we're in meetings, but that's, a, that's where work happens. So what are you going to do during that meeting? Um, you know, what vital purpose can you play? What are some of the contributions that you can make? You know, maybe it's about asking the hard questions or, or maybe it's around, creating the energy and motivation for people to commit at a different level. Once you know your identity and you have that sense of the character, I think you can then play with it a little bit more. Well, let's touch on just a couple more of those examples that you brought up, just to give the listeners something tangible to work with a little bit. You mentioned the catalyst. Uh, There's another term you use for an individual, and you had it labeled as the lookout. How is that different, or what does that entail, if you would be possibly that person? Okay, so a lookout, I'm I'm a career coach and an executive coach for both emerging and established leaders, and these are the phrases that that I use, but you can use any terms that you want. Um, A lookout is somebody who's really looking for uh, what's at stake. So they're looking at the, the risk thresholds or liabilities that could derail a project or service delivery. Um, They might be a little bit more compliance-minded than somebody who's a little bit more of a visionary or a dreamer. Mm -hmm. But they're able to actually 
channel that into asking really good questions to, to find helpful pause points where it's important to reflect and consider before moving to action. And believe me, you, you want those people on your team because they're thinking a few moves down the chessboard. And, and while sometimes that conservative edge could rub people the wrong way or they could be perceived as naysayers, uh, with a healthy dose of, of a lookout asking those really good, important questions, uh, you can really regulate your, your risk tolerance and, and find a sweet spot between moving fast and going slow to go fast. So what would be maybe a downside that someone should look out for if they're in that category? Because I'm sure nobody wants to get labeled in a sort of a negative light. So is there something uh, maybe you should get, you should look out for if you are that lookout type person? Well, I think people who are, who are of that kind of character might you know, be prone to tunnel vision, where they start to fixate on things that are related right. to why we can't. And, and in a day and age of constant change and where there's increasing pressure to innovate, a here's why we can't attitude first is not always a good thing. Yeah, it doesn't work um, usually. <laughs> exactly. So I think lookouts have to kind of moderate their language. They need to be able to express the constructive side within it, but they also need to be able to stay with their convictions because if there are strong reasons why not, you know, it's important to stand your guard and not just say, well, I asked the hard question and nobody seemed to listen, so I let it go. So it's, it's around that balancing act. Two other types that I had seen you mention in an article were labeled as, again, these are your terms, the forager and the storyteller. And both of them, I felt, sort of lended to uh, connecting people and ideas and, and bringing it all together. Um, and they might be slightly different in, in how you interpret them. But what would you say are the pros and the cons to these types of profiles that are a little bit different than the lookout and catalyst, which seem a little more on the, the outside of each other? Yeah, the, the foragers, boy, do we need those. Those are the, the people that can uh, attract the resources, the attention, the buy-in, the things that you need to actually uh, get stuff done. So um, they're, they're kind of like resource magnets in that they understand what's required and they understand how to communicate what it is. And so they, they tend to be kind of efficient and economical looking for two-for-ones. And, and what I mean by that is if they're going to make an introduction to somebody, it's going to have multiple value. Um, so they, they do things that have a compounding positive effect. Mm -hmm. uh, they're often very efficient when it comes to stretching resources. And I don't necessarily just mean dollars and cents, although they can acquire budgets. But these are people that really help see the bigger picture. So they're the connectors. They have kind of versatility. Maybe they play a role in an organization that has a lot of white space on the organization chart, and they're, they're kind of natural at sliding up and over and down and across. And, and those are the kind of people that really help connect things that are happening, and especially in large organizations where there can be some siloed ways of operating. These people are, are really important at connecting obvious data points that might not be obvious when you are separated <laughs> in your communication. Now, as we said, you know, these are just some examples that you were able to, to bring up and put labels to. And, and again, you have to kind of figure it out for yourself as well and where you lend you know, your skills and your value. But we just wanted to give uh, the listeners some, some tangible uh, examples there. When we look at trying to do this, attempting to find where you fit in, what your profile might be, what do you point to as some of the mistakes people might make when attempting to transcend that job description? Well, well I think it, it's mostly when you get out of character. And what I mean by that is the authentic personality and, and the, the character that you are. When you start thinking about leadership or career growth as performance art and you start thinking, I'm supposed to sound a certain way, I'm supposed to be a certain way, you lose that center. And I think one of the most important pieces of this um, purpose profile is – is really that it's authentic to who you are. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I teach at a business school 
and um, have a lot of undergraduates who are hungry to, to get an edge as they go out into this workforce. And when I have guest professionals, when we look at the literature, it, it's just overwhelmingly clear that at the end of the day, people who are selecting you for a promotion or for a job offer are looking for intangible skills that you bring to the table. And one of the most convincing ways of communicating your intangibles is to be true and to come from a place uh, that's legitimate and authentic. When, when you talk about you know, skill sets that you kind of have, you lose a little bit of that. So I think people, if they've got four or five really strong points, you know, stick those and, and, and develop those into the way in which you respond to interview questions. Develop those into the way you advocate for yourself and, and tell your story about who you are and what you're capable of. But the minute you kind of veer away from what's most true to you, I think you lose your credibility. I think you bring up a fair point, and uh, the mention of maybe feeling how what you should be probably resonates with a lot of people. So I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate and put you on the spot, I guess. There may be people listening in an organization saying, you know, I, I just the only way to move up is, is this way, and this is how they say you need to do it, and this is how you need to act. If you're their career coach, do you suggest to them looking elsewhere to be able to be yourself, or do you find a way to be yourself within that ideal? I mean, I know it's very much in theory, and every person has their own uh, path they're going to have to take, but what would be your general advice in a case like that? Well, again, that is a really good question because it, it deals with the hard realities that we face. We, we, we can't necessarily look at this as um, a completely uh, one-sided event. It's a negotiation, right? We're constantly making trade-offs. We're making decisions around our values and what's important to us. And so, for example, if my employer requires that I work extremely long hours, I'm going to make a, a choice about that. Uh, if I have options and I'm talented and I want a different kind of rhythm to my working life, I can choose to leave or I can choose to kind of go with the flow and get with it. When it comes to your skill set and your potential upside as a contributor, I think, I think we have to be contrarian at a certain point. Uh, I think if, if a culture of a team or an organization requires that I act and, and project in a certain way, I think it's okay to make trade-offs at a basic level. But when you bring something that's distinctive from that, but it potentially has some value, I think it's okay to stand out and be different in that regard. So I always encourage people to constantly recheck on that because values are those things that when we kind of ignore them slowly and neglect them over time, we wake up one day and we realize that we're completely incongruent with what's most important. And sometimes that can trigger a crisis. So to avoid a crisis where you're completely disconnected from what's important, make it a point to check in just even quarterly. How am I feeling about things? Does the, the way I'm acting, the way I'm talking, the way I'm, I'm working, does this feel true to who I am? And if not, what are some areas where I can revisit that and maybe renegotiate from my end? even subtly, some rules that matter to me more. Well, I appreciate you giving an open answer. I think a lot of people often will respond with a cookie-cutter way, so I, I do appreciate you giving the listeners a little something extra that maybe they wouldn't get elsewhere. We're getting a little low on time, but I wanted to ask if there are any real-life examples, so to speak, of, of someone you could point to to give an example maybe of how they transcended their job and found that greater success. Again, we're always looking to give the listeners something they can kind of grab onto. Yeah, well, there um Many examples that come to mind, I think, um, you know, recently I was coaching a young professional who was pretty much on a fast track and had received two promotions uh, in less than 18 months and was feeling really good, but then started to feel like things had stalled out. And I was coaching this person, and it seemed like what ha had happened was what was a strength had become a weakness. Hmm. Um, this is a millennial, and she's uh, not unlike other millennials. 
was very much uh, it's got to be done now and what's the point of waiting and so therefore some of the old processes of you know getting buy-in and getting people on board and even getting permission uh, shouldn't have to be relevant in this situation because we've got to move now we've got to go forward right away and what I was able to do was to really allow her to tell the story of when when she brings that skill set to the table and when it's needed what is the impact? And she's able to, of course, cite many examples that led to promotions of where she's had a, a very good impact and gone beyond her job description. But she was equally adept at describing the areas in which she eroded some trust and credibility with senior leaders who felt like the pace and the tone was different. And mm -hmm. instead of being somebody who was pushing hard for all the right reasons, she was perceived as somebody who was kind of complaining and, and griping. And so her own self-assessment of seeing that allowed her to say, I need a little bit of less, less of that in these environments and a little bit more of that in these environments. And like most of us, she realized that you pretty much are on a continuum and you've got to bring some things out to the forefront in certain situations, but it varies by context and by the people you're involved with. And I think for her, that was the biggest takeaway is that is, I've got multiple purposes and some of them are more helpful at certain times than others. And I've got to be mindful of how I use them in conjunction with each other. Well, again, we have uh, very much appreciated you taking the time to talk with us and to give our listeners some insights into this whole area. Before we wrapped up, I just wanted to give you sort of the floor at the end to send out a final message, a takeaway, as we like to call it for our listeners, of anything about this conversation that you thought was extremely important, something you wanted to emphasize, or even something we didn't necessarily touch on. But uh, just to give you the last moments here to, to wrap up the conversation. Well, thanks for that. And I, I suppose the, the message I'd like to take away uh, is that um, we are our own cartographers here. We're mapping a course for our working lives, and, and if you're in an environment where morale is sagging a little bit, and a lot of us are, the, the prospects of what lie ahead are a little bit concerning or challenging, we do make our own path. And I think uh, when you embrace this idea of going beyond the job description, but you also give yourself the tools and the skills to do it, uh, there's hope to create the working life you want. It's not necessarily easy, and there's no shortcut, but we've got a lot more influence over what happens than it feels at times. Very well put. With that, we will wrap things up here on Moving Up the Ladder. We do hope that you're able to take some of the information today to help add that value to your position and, as we've talked about, go beyond that job description. Our expert guest has been Jesse Sostrin, author of Beyond the Job Description, and you can also learn more about him and his work at SostrinConsulting.com. That's S-O-S-T-R-I-N Consulting.com. Jesse, thanks again for lending us your perspective today and for all the listeners. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, of course, we also want to hear from you, the listener, if you have any thoughts on future topics for us to cover on LJN Radio. Just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.